On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Hey, what is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Football is so close. Can't believe it's officially game week. The Colts kick off in Jacksonville this next Sunday, 1 p.m., and I wanted to bring on a friend of the show from StampedBlue.com to discuss it, discuss some other things with roster cutdowns and all that stuff, Mr. Zach Hicks from StampedBlue.com. Zach, thank you for coming on the show, my friend. So let's talk about this real fast. Let's start talking about this. The Indianapolis Colts, they recently made a waiver claim. They claimed tight end Noah Togiai off of waivers. Now, Togiai was originally went undrafted this year, was signed by the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles wanted to bring him back on their practice squad. They cut him at the initial 53-man cut down. The Colts go and they poach him off of that. So overall, Zach, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on Noah Togiai and potentially what he can bring as a number three tight end until Trey Burton returns from his injury he sustained in training camp? Yeah, so I wasn't super familiar with him throughout the draft process. I didn't really scout too much of him. I mean, he was an undrafted free agent out of Oregon State. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, on, on film, he looked like a solid player. I mean, I wouldn't say he was an elite athlete or anything like that, but he looked like a good athlete, you know, above average athlete. Uh, there's a really nice video of him hurdling a guy, I think, against UCLA last year. Uh, and I watched a little bit on All-22, but I think I had just the one game against um, – you know what? I think my game I have is against UCLA. I think his hurdle was against someone else. But um, the one game I have was against UCLA. He didn't really do much in the receiving department. Uh, but, you know, he, he looks like a solid player. I don't think he looks like anything, you know, super special. Uh, but he did have a good camp with the Eagles. I know the Eagles uh, really wanted to have him back. That was their their kind of plan was to, you know, to waive him. And then they were going to re-sign him the next day. Uh, so they definitely wanted him back. And, you know, if the Eagles wanted him. Then I'm sure Frank Reich wanted him too. So, uh, I think it all kind of just worked out for the Colts to get a, you know, a, a decent player in here who had a whole offseason working with the Eagles who, you know, that, that's kind of similar to the Colts scheme. So I think, you know, I, I'm not going to say he's going to beat out any, any of these other tight ends when, when Burton comes back or anything like that. But I think he's a good fill-in guy until Burton comes back and then he can just jump on that practice squad. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Zach. I think that he's he's a solid player, a solid number three option for the Colts until Burton does come back. Let's look at this final 53-man roster. I haven't gotten your take on it yet, Zach. So the Colts made their, their initial 53-man cut down. I'm curious for you, were there any you know potential cuts or potential guys that stayed on the roster that you were really surprised about? And maybe that be, you know, you think about it, maybe it's, a guy you felt like, oh man, I, I did not expect him to stay on the roster, did not expect them to keep this many guys at this position, or they I felt like they should have kept more guys at this position, because I had some thoughts on it as well. So for our listeners, be sure to check back at my initial kind of live stream reaction, along with Andrew Thomason and Jim Aiello on the Colts 53-man trim down. But Zach, for you, were there any positions or guys that you were surprised made the final 53-man? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the biggest uh, things that they kept that really threw me off was, uh, you know, Chaz Green at uh, the, the eighth offensive lineman or the, you know, third string tackle, essentially. Uh, even though there was kind of some hints to that throughout the offseason, uh, Chris Ballard, I believe, or Frank Reich, I think it said it, that, you know, it was Chaz Green and LaRaven Clark competing for that backup tackle spot. And that's that should have been a little bit of a giveaway that they were higher on Chaz Green than, than a lot of us are. I mean, if you guys don't know who Chaz Green is, uh, he is the guy who gave up six sacks in one game to Adrian Claiborne. Uh, I think it's it's not even passable if you give up that many sacks in one game to a guy like Aaron Donald, but giving up to someone like Adrian Claiborne, who's more of a rotational, decent player in this league, I think that's a big red flag. But who knows? Maybe yeah. he got a lot better since then. Uh, hopefully he got a lot better since then. I don't know how he'd be on an NFL roster if he didn't. Uh, but, yeah, I think that was a big concern and a big – I, I guess I wouldn't say concern. I mean, again, I, I wasn't at any of the practices. I don't know how well he looked, but I think that was the biggest surprise uh, was Chaz Green actually making this roster. Uh, and besides that, I would say maybe the the seven linebackers. I, I could have yeah. swore they were going to cut at least one of those guys. Uh, but, you know, all of them are really talented players. They should all be on NFL rosters. I mean, I would probably say the, the – I, w- I don't want to say worse because, again, I think they're all good players. But the most likely one who should have been cut was probably Matthew Adams. Uh, but I think Matthew Adams can be, you know, a backup or even a low-end starting Sam in this league. So uh, I understand why they kept seven in terms of, you know, all these guys are good enough to be on NFL roster. But it's definitely shocking to see the Colts keep that many at linebacker with how little they play. You know, they don't even play three linebackers that much. I mean, the base mm-hmm. base defense in the NFL now is nickel. Uh, so you're usually just playing two linebackers on the field. So keeping seven guys at a position where you mostly play just two on the field at one time. I thought that was a little bit surprising, but again, all these guys are good players. They all deserve to be on rosters. And if the Colts felt like, you know, they want to just keep the best players and, you know, I'm, and all of them are good special teamers as well. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't mind that decision at all. I just thought it was a bit shocking. Yeah, definitely. There was some surprise moves for me as well. Um, Zach, are there any other guys potentially around the league, some guys that got released potentially or guys that are on practice squads right now that you feel like the Colts should potentially look at acquiring? Because they're, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast. We feel like this is a very deep team overall from 1 to 53, but there are still a few positions that we feel like we could potentially add to. Are there any guys or any position groups in particular that stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, if if we're looking around the league right now, the the Colts still have two empty spots on their roster or on their uh, practice squad that they could add. Uh, they might throw Trey Burton on IR here in the next couple of days. We don't know if he'll be ready by week three, uh, so that's something to watch. They might even have an extra roster spot coming up. Uh, but yeah, I really thought they could have done more at outside corner, like adding somebody there. I thought a waiver claim or you know even a free agent signing this late in the game. I thought that would make sense because after Marvell Tell opted out, they really needed. Uh, you know, another outside corner. They don't really have any outside corner depth behind uh, Rock and, and Xavier Rhodes. I mean, those are really the only two outside corners on the roster right now. Uh, so I really yeah. am shocked that they didn't, you know, go after a guy like Sidney Jones is out there still. I think he's on the practice squad for the Jaguars right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, corner that the they got traded to the Patriots throughout this offseason. And the Patriots ended up cutting him as Michael Jackson, uh, the former Miami corner, uh, Miami College. Uh, and I, I thought he would have been a really good fit for what the Colts want to do. But even on the free agent market, you know, like a guy like Prince Mukamara is out there. I really would like the Colts to go after a guy like that even. Uh, so I'm just mostly I, I really want to see them do something at that, you know, because I've been looking at some TJ Carey film today just to kind of get ready for him to be the the backup boundary corner this year. And I, I just don't see it at outside corner. I, I really don't see it outside corner. I think he can be a fine slot corner. 
uh, fine slot depth, you know, in terms of his tackling and, and uh, you know, he plays a little bit better as like kind of like a third, like as like a linebacker type in that kind of short area. But uh, as an outside corner, I just don't see it. I think there's just too many flaws in his game to play outside corner. Uh, so it really does concern me what's going to happen if one of those, if, you know, if, if Rocky Sin or Xavier Rhodes goes down. Uh, but we'll have to kind of see and keep monitoring that. I'm sure Ballard understands uh, that there's something they have to do there, especially if one of those guys goes down. But, um, yeah, I think that was an area where they could have added uh, someone else. Uh, the tight end move caught me a little bit of a surprise because Hale Hentges and, and Ross Travis were both out there. But, again, if, if their scouting staff really believes in this guy, I'm, I'm sure that he'll be a fine fit. And I think they're still going to be looking at offensive line depth as well. Uh, you know, I, I liked a couple guys from the draft that were on the waivers. You know, I think uh, Prince Tegawanagu uh, was out there, and he's on the, the Eagles practice squad right now. I would have been interested in at least taking a flyer on him, uh, even though I know he's had a lot of injury issues and kind of had an up-and-down camp with the Eagles. I uh, would have been a little interested in bringing him uh, over here as that eighth eighth uh, offensive lineman instead of Chaz Green. But, again, I'm sure they're going to be uh, monitoring that position and, and upgrading and and switching that out throughout the season as well. But, you know, there were a couple younger guys I would have liked them to grab and scoop up, but they do have two more spots left on the practice squad. Um, I'm sure that they're looking at Marcus Johnson a little closely for that. Uh, but we'll we'll see who they add with uh, with those last two spots. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's look at this practice squad. L- let me pull up the names here for the Colts practice squad that we names that we can talk about. Potentially, some guys that we think could potentially you know maybe contribute to this roster. The Colts right now have 14 guys on their practice squad. I'll just read them off here. Andre Ch- and Andre Chakiri. I can never pronounce his name last name right. Defensive tackle Cameron Klein. Guard Jake Eldrenkamp, wide receiver Doris Fountain, tight end Farid Green, defensive end Gary Green, tight end Xavier Grimble, wide receiver DeMichael Harris, center Joey Hunt, quarterback Chad Kelly, offensive tackle Carter O'Donnell, cornerback Tremont Smith, defensive tackle Chris Williams, and defensive tackle Rob Windsor. So of these 14 guys, Zach, who are some that you think potentially could contribute to this roster? Obviously, probably not week one. But maybe as the season progresses, maybe even into next year and in the future, who are some guys that you think really could contribute to this roster right away and potentially, you know, if, if, it, if, they, if they're in a pinch and they need a guy to come in, they could actually play pretty well? Yeah, I mean, the first guy we got to mention is uh, Robert Windsor. Uh, obviously, he's the type that, you know, the Colts would have liked to keep him on the roster. They really do like him, and he had a really strong camp for the Colts, but it kind of came down to numbers, you know, with Tyquan Lewis having the camp he did, the Colts felt like they had enough at that three tech position, at least going into the season. And they just really needed more one tech depth. And that's where Taylor Stallworth made the roster over Robert Windsor. Like, I'm not going to, I don't think the Colts would even say that if you compare them as players, Taylor Stallworth's a better player than Robert Windsor or, or even has more potential. I just think it came down to where they really need depth on the roster. And that's why Windsor got cut instead of Stallworth. Uh, but I think yeah. Windsor is a guy who they have long-term, maybe not like super long-term, but, you know, they have future plans with and they want him on this roster. Uh, and I, I think we'll see him on this roster sooner rather than later. Uh, with with in, If there's injuries or another guy goes on IR, I believe he'll be the first guy called up. Uh, Cam yeah. Klein, uh, the other defensive tackle on the practice squad, I know the Colts have a plan for him. Uh, they, they really see long-term potential with him to at least be a rosterable player. Uh, so he's definitely got to keep an eye on and. You know, obviously just a fan favorite, Dries Fountain, uh, just a great story with him coming back from the injury last year after he had a great camp last season. He actually came back this year and had a pretty good camp as well. Uh, it really just came down to special teams, him not making the roster this year. You know, Ashton Doolin uh, beat him out for that last receiver spot. 
Hindulin's an excellent gunner. Uh, he, he even has some potential as a receiver as well. So I understand that decision for them to go with Doolin over Fountain. But luckily, Fountain got back to the practice squad. Mm-hmm. And again, with, with with injuries that we see at receiver, especially with this team, uh, we'll, we'll probably see him up on the roster sooner rather than later as well. So those three guys definitely excite me the most. Uh, and then also Carter O'Donnell. Uh, I, I, I think there's some potential there for him to be uh, that eighth lineman. You know, I think he can play some guard, play some tackle. Uh, so maybe we'll see, you know, him swapped out for for Chaz Green if if uh, Carter O'Donnell has some some good practice here at the practice squad. But those are the four guys that probably excite me the most on the practice squad. Uh, the other guys could probably be called up any other time too, and and you know get some playing time because we have all these rules in place now where we can get guys up. But uh, you know, those four guys are probably the ones that excite me the most. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Robert Windsor. Let's start with him. So. I, from all accounts, Robert Windsor had a great camp, but you mentioned it. You know, it's just that you need more depth at the one-tech position because I was thinking, if Sheldon Day misses significant time, who are you going to have behind him? That was a big question mark. We thought Sheldon Day was going to be that backup one-tech to uh, Grover Stewart and just adding some more depth. Now, I know Robert Windsor played a little bit of one-tech when he was uh, at Penn State, but then he switched over to three-tech by the end of it, so he would probably play more of that, but... I think if she- when Sheldon Day gets healthy, maybe we could see Robert Windsor uh, make the roster as opposed to Taylor Stallworth, who you mentioned. So definitely agree there. And I'm glad you didn't include Chad Kelly on your list. I'm so glad you didn't include Chad Kelly. I mean, man, we- we've had people just hyping him up. I mean, whatever for whatever reason, man, Colts Nation is just like, not all of them, but there's just a, like this little chunk of them that are just so high on Chad Kelly. That, I mean, a lot of people think he's going to be the next great quarterback. So I appreciate you not including him on your list. I really, really do. The thing with Kelly is it's always like this with fans, you know, it's, and I'm not trying to call out anybody who listens to this show. I'm, I'm sure it's not everyone. And I'm sure even people who have uh, reasons for him, you know, reasons for liking him, it can go back to his college days even because he was a good college quarterback. Uh, the biggest mm-hmm. thing I think that, that people misconstrue a little bit with, when it comes to quarterback plays, you know, preseason doesn't always leak over to actual regular season success. And I know he had a pretty right. good preseason, even though, he, you know, he, he threw like a two or three picks too in that preseason. I think he threw at least one. That was a really bad pass. So it wasn't even like he had like a phenomenal preseason uh, last year that would lead to all this hype. But, you know, when you get a guy who's got this out, you know, it's kind of outspoken personality. Some people like that. And then you have, uh, you know, really good college stats. You had a good preseason. People get excited. But I, w- I will tell you, you know, I, I covered Washington, uh, Washington football team. And, you know, they weren't a football team back then. But I, I covered them for a couple of years. And every single preseason, Colt McCoy would just tear up other teams. I mean, Colt McCoy was outstanding in the preseason. Just a very, very good preseason quarterback. And people were clamoring for him to start over Kirk Cousins and, and RG3 when RG3 started going down. And, and Cole McCoy was not it. <laughs> and I want to tell you guys that, uh, you know, sometimes the preseason star is not really it. There's there's a reason why they're not really getting, you know, real opportunities. You know, Chad Kelly, if he really was as good as a lot of these people are are clamoring for, you know, he, he'd be claimed by another team and he'd be, you know, out there on Sundays. But, uh, you know, it's a fun story. I'm sure people like it. I, I don't even think he's a bad practice squad quarterback. You know, he's, he's obviously a talented player. It's just – yeah. Yeah, pe- people get carried away with the preseason star and and they, they kind of run with it. But, you know, I don't blame them. It's kind of what we see. It's all we really get to see out of the offseason. I mean, especially in offseason like this year, we don't get to see anything. So you kind of have to think back to last year. But 
Yeah, personally, I'm kind of done with the Chad Kelly hype, too. I know a lot of people <laughs> keep saying he's a, you know, a star and the best quarterback on the roster and stuff. And it's just a little, <laughs> it's a little too much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he wasn't even in a competition to be the third string quarterback. I mean, he was either yeah. practice squad quarterback this year or not on the roster. So, or not even with the team. So, yeah, it's, it's go, it goes a little too far. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you there, Zach. It's absolutely crazy. Like, we have this guy named Justin who will come on to our live streams. Now, he's obviously trolling us, but he'll come on to our live streams and he'll say, Chad Kelly's the GOAT. He knows Derek and I are kind of over it at this point. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, if he was that great of a quarterback, he'd be on the active roster. And if not with the Colts, he'd be on the active roster on another team. I mean, he he goes unclaimed. So, you know, that kind of speaks to what other teams view him and how the Colts view him. So uh, let's talk about another guy in the practice squad that you mentioned, Reese Fountain. So Reese Fountain obviously had a horrific injury last year in a preseason game. Horrific injury in practice. Um, and it was just awful. And it's so great to see that he has fully recovered, had a really good camp by all indications. But, you know, the number six wide receiver position – you're going to probably have to play special teams. Reese Fountain really doesn't play a ton of special teams. And so I guess I'm curious for you, Zach, your thoughts on, first off, you know, the sixth wide receiver, Ashton Doolin, playing special teams. And then also just how big is it for a guy like Desmond Patman, who came in as a rookie six-round pick this year, to make the active 53-man roster? What does that speak about him? Yeah, so the biggest thing with Patman coming into camp, you know, each of these guys had things that that made them stand out. You know, Doolin, it was his special teams ability. Marcus Johnson, it was his experience in the NFL and how well he played late last season. Dries Fountain, it was his training camp last year and also, you know, being a recent draft pick. Uh, Desmond Patton, the, his, his biggest thing that he had going for him, that he really had a leg up in this competition, was just his height, weight, speed, like everything, you know, all the intangibles that you could look for in a receiver. Uh, you know, he's a huge guy. I think he's like 6'4", like 230. Like, he's huge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just just an absolute monster. He could even be like a move tight end if you wanted him to be. Uh, he, he's a really big guy. And I think that really helped him, you know, because the Colts really like those athletes at receiver. And I think mm-hmm. they just need to see some good camps out of him, some good, you know, performances and a good camp out of him uh, to to be enough to make this roster. And and from everything that we heard, you know, he was almost easily the the, the fifth best receiver on the team, if not even better than – you know, guys like Pascal in practice and stuff like that. Even though we know Zach Pascal is going to be ahead of him on the depth chart, uh, he might have had some good practices that were better than Pascal at times. So, uh, yeah, by, by everything we heard, he was one of the better receivers in camp uh, from, you know, he started with the third team, moved up to second team, got some reps with the first team even. Uh, so I think even then that's kind of when we could have assumed that he was going to make the roster. Uh, so, yeah, you know, when you're looking at that fifth, sixth receiver, you either have to be great at special teams or you have to have an outstanding camp. And, and unfortunately, you know, Fountain got outplayed by Patman in terms of re- being a receiver in camp. Uh, and then obviously Doolin had the better special teams and was, you know, a really, really good gunner for the team last year. So yeah, it just came down the numbers for, for Doris Fountain. But again, I'm happy he got back on the practice squad and I'm sure he'll be up soon. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good testament to how good Patman was this whole offseason because obviously the Colts really like Fountain, but uh, Patman was the one who made the, ro- made the roster. So uh, yeah, just hats off to Patman and hopefully he can get on the field and make some plays this year. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Zach, so much for coming on. Colts football, like I mentioned at the beginning, six days away. We are so excited. I cannot wait for football. It's coming very, very soon. 
man, it's just so exciting that football is here. I mean, I just, I keep saying it, but I'm just so giddy. It's here. It's here. So I appreciate it, Zach, for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.